Today's parsha, it's not we're not starting just uh, we're starting actually the second chumash. Shmois, the if the second, the first book, Sefer Ayosha or Bereishis, it's the foundation. The second uh, book, it's starting now, but this is actually the the exile and redemption. This is the and all the way to the complete redemption by receiving the Torah, building the the tabernacle, the Mishkan. So this is the beginning. So that's why everything what it's uh, it's time for our parasha. First of all, we're starting to live with Moshe Rabbeinu, from the birth of Moshe. Every week in the Torah, Moshe is a part of that. And for one week, Parsha Tetzave, Moshe is not there. So everybody right away, what, what happened to him? What happened to Moshe? So this, huh? Yeah, Parsha Tetzave is always in March. Yeah? Huh? <laughs> So, beside of the fact that we now we're starting to live with Moshe Rabbeinu, but this is actually setting up the tune. Once we we accepting the idea what the the, the Golos and Geula, the exile and redemption, this is the foundation in Yiddishkeit. This is uh, our approach. So, this is the beginning. The first, the first, the Galut Mitzrayim. Actually, that was the. In one sense, that's the hardest because everybody was there, and the first time, every time in the in the Torah and in our life also, when things happen the first time, this is the most difficult. We don't know how to handle that. First time in general, yeah. As we see, Avraham and Yitzchak, Akedat Yitzchak. This is our when we are diving into Hashem, Rosh Hashanah, and Kippur. It's everything about uh, all our credit. It's Avraham and Yitzchak, Akedat Yitzchak, yeah. And when we think about it, by the end of the day, Avraham and Yitzchak, both of them came back home. Yeah. Throughout the years, so many hidden right. gave little in their life. Why we are so uh, special about Avraham and Yitzchak? But Avraham and Yitzchak, the Akedat Yitzchak, this was the first time. They opened the door. They gave us, every single generation, every single yid, they gave, they installed in our neshama the power of a serious nefesh, of uh, giving away our life because of Avraham and Yitzchak. So every time, the first this is the foundation. So we start in here in this parasha about Avram, about Moshe, and about the Galut Mitzrayim. So this is not only a, a, a story that took place 3,300 years ago, but this is the foundation. Right. This is the in our parasha we, we read about Hashem selecting Moshe Rabbeinu, the first leader, first leader of Am Israel. And back and forth, Moshe Rabbeinu is trying to have all list of excuses. Right. All week, seven days. I'm not a person. I'm gonna be with you. Don't worry. I'm a. And Nei Yisrael Shmuli, I'm Israel. They're not ready. He gave him the the miracles. Every day he has a different excuse. And it looks like, I mean, it's a question. Moshe Rabbeinu. The Gemara described him as Oyevon Shel Israel. Moshe, no doubt, the love of Moshe to every single Jew. Hashem is calling him, giving him the, the, the job of a lifetime. And he is trying to ignore, to find right, the, I mean, the excuses, right? And it looks like every day I cannot speak. Every day, different excuses, seven days. From the conversation till the end of the story, we see actually, and that's what Rashi brings down, 
Finally, Hashem tells him, go, and he accepts it, and don't worry, your brother Aaron will agree to you, he will help you. From that part, we're learning what really bothers Moshe. Why, why Moshe was ignoring? Why, he's not, uh, nothing, uh, why he was trying to push and not to accept the, the, the journey, the shlichut of Hashem? Why? Because he said that what really bothers Moshe, the way it, so- it sounds from the Torah, from the end of the conversation, what bothers him was one simple thing. I have an older brother. My older brother, Aaron. Uh, he should be the one. He should be the one. He's there. In Egypt. <coughs> Moshe Rabbeinu ran away from Egypt so many years, he never had a real taste of uh, exile in its right. time. Uh-huh. As we all know the story of Moshe as a child, he was already in, uh, in the palace. Sure. He grew up. He was, uh, he never, and he ran away, so he never had experience, and that's his older brother, and so he was basically Aaron, and the Medrash describe even more Aaron. He was a prophet, he was a navi, he was the one to give Am Israel the support in the Egypt, in Mitzrayim. So how could I step in into my brother's uh, territory? That's my brother. He should be the one, and that's why we see as a shame is. Uh, don't worry, your brother is going to greet you, he's going to help you, and you should not worry. Okay, so this is the explanation why Moshe Rabbeinu was trying to step out, he did not want to accept it, because of his brother Aaron. But here, once we understand that, the question is, okay, if this is the case, why Hashem, why Hashem was pointing to Moshe? What's wrong with Aaron? I mean, obviously we see Aaron is involved, and we see that... So why Hashem, he's looking for, uh, not a stranger, but an outsider, to bring somebody from Midian. Yes, he, his roots from Egypt, but so many years, there, there is two different, two different uh, opinions. Moshe Rabbeinu, when he was running away from Egypt, he was 20 or 40. So we're talking about Moshe right now, he's already almost 80. Mm-hmm. Yes. Why Hashem was... Uh, looking for Moshe. We told her, I mean, Aaron is a part of that, and we see throughout the... Aaron was together with Moshe. But why Moshe? That takes us a little bit back to the beginning. When we read about Moshe in our parasha, uh, once we, we want to introduce... A new li- uh, we're looking for a new leader. We're looking for uh, his biography. Here, before, as we mentioned before, the first time the Torah mentioned something, that's opened the door. The first story about Moshe. Moshe grew up. He went out to the field. He saw the Egyptians, the soldier, the Egyptian, is uh, striking the Jews. And he, Vayarki Ein Ish. And he saw there is no one looking. No one is looking, yeah? So he killed him. <coughs> but no one is looking? Everybody was watching. The next day, Powell knew about it. Everybody knew. It's not a secret. Yeah. Well, it says he looked this way and that. He may have been looking into the future to see if there would be any significant descent. That's another explanation, Rashid. He was looking to see if uh, there is any tzaddik or any good potential from this uh, Egyptian. But there is an explanation in the Medrash what, what, what the Torah described by Yarkei Nish. 
he was watching, he saw there is no one here to protect the fellow Jew. Vayarke ain ish, he saw he was, no one is there to take uh, responsibility. No, I mean, not in a simple uh, explanation, but no one is watching. If no one is watching, we see right the next day, uh, you want to kill us uh, like you killed yesterday the Egyptian? Right. And we see the Pharaoh is right. Everybody knows about it. Everybody wants to kill Moshe. Vayarke ain ish, meaning Moshe, he was watching, he's looking around, everybody is looking what's going on. And everybody run into their corners yeah. instead of protecting the fellow uh, the fellow Jew. Vayakein Ish. That's the first story. That's what Hashem Moshe Rabbeinu was willing to sacrifice his life to put his own life as we see, Power wanted to kill him to save a fellow Jew. When Hashem, when we're talking about a leader to Am Israel, it's not we What's made Moshe? As we see later on in the, in the Chumash Mot, we see in the, the time when Yidin uh, built the golden calf. Moshe was talking to Hashem, If you don't like it, if you don't want to forgive, take me off your book. I don't want to handle I don't want to be your friend, take me off the book. I'm not... Uh, Moshe was all the time willing to put his life, spiritually and literally physically life, to save a fellow Jew, <coughs> and that's that's why that's why Moshe, and that's why it's important also to know the story. I mean, we see a part of the biography of Moshe, and that's the reason why Moshe is the leader. Moshe is a shepherd. As a shepherd, as we know the story, uh, the Medrash described Moshe was a shepherd at the time when he came to the burning bush. So the Medrash described. Uh, was one uh, sheep was running away and Moshe was after him totally found him he was a little one he, was, uh, he wants to drink water Moshe helped him and the simple question is hold on that's not a responsible person though you're running after one but this is a true leader of Am Israel he, he understood all of them together they will support each other. As we see, the, all the, the, the shepherds, they're together. But the one, the one what run away, he's in the immediate danger. So, that's actually Moshe in our parasha. The one what sacrifice, willing to sacrifice his life. In our days, thanks God, we, I mean, we're not in, most of the situation, most of the time, we don't, uh, facing such a thing, but the idea is Vayarki ain ish and each one of us it's like a call to each one of us Vayarki ain ish, when we see some action, we see something is missing and Vayarki ain ish meaning we see there is no one is there to, to take responsibility and we jumping in to do a, a pizza to a pizza and learning together that's actually the the response, that's actually the we're taking the lesson from our parasha, from Moshe to our daily life when we see something is missing we don't only send in the email and complaining to, our, to the board we try, we see what we can do so as we're talking about, again this is the parasha, this is the, the setting up the tune the life of Moshe and everything is the life of Moshe it's uh, 
important. So we see actually the life of Moshe from the beginning. His, I mean, in our parasha, we read twice, or even actually a few times. Actually, all his life, Moshe, is, was thanks to women, ladies, in his immediate what saved him. First of all, his sister, Miriam. Because of Miriam, Moshe was born. She made her parents to get married again. She watched him. Batya saved, uh, saved Moshe's life. That's as we all know the story. I mean, we're thinking about Batya. This, huh? Huh? And sometime when we're thinking about it, it's like, to me, it's not only about Batya, it's about like, and Batya obviously it's so special about her, we see she named Moshe, she gave him his name. His parents gave him a different name. Hever, Shaltiel, there is different names, different names. But the name what we all know, Moshe, he actually got from his stepmother from Batya. But she was not Jewish, but as the Medrash described, Hashem said, you saved my son, and that's why his name Moshe, you will be called Batya, you will be my daughter, and there is a Batya. Anyway, so Batya, she saved again the life of Moshe, and later on in the parasha we read about when Moshe is already accepted the, 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 the mission and he's traveling to Egypt, and he's traveling to Egypt, how one more time his wife saved him. Zipporah, on the way back to Egypt, when uh, he was about to... Uh, she saved him before, also, when he went back to, when he went to Midian, when he ran away. Uh, Yisro, Yisro, uh, put him in the pit for 10 years. It's in Midrash. And the Midrash, yes. There is a yeah. Midrash, but uh, she, she used to give him food. You want the white or the red? Yes. Good. But in the Torah directly, the Torah telling us about his wife saved him when... Uh, yeah. The snake in the she, she basically, she took responsibility. She saw Moshe is... Uh, When I'm thinking about Batya, it's additional to all the fact what she saved him, she saved Moshe. It's like a lot, it's like sometimes when we think in, in which world we live. And unfortunately, anti-Semitism, it's not, uh, it's, it never ends, it just, Sometimes it's more under control, or sometimes it's more uh, spreading different communities, different countries. That's a part of our being uh, yid. That's we know. That's a part we cannot. There is a illness what cannot fix. It cannot. Uh, only thing is it's under control or not. But at the same time, like when we're thinking about uh, throughout the, the dark days of the Holocaust, for example. And with so many stories, and we all know so many stories, sometimes it's our relatives, sometimes just stories, what we learn, we read about Hasidei Umot Olam, about Gentiles, what save Jews. Everywhere, I mean, in, this, in the worst situations, in, from Poland, 
to Germany. I mean, the same places, the same countries, but overall they they act like worse than animals. The same time was all the, was different people also. But the first one, the first Chassidat Nuvot Olam was actually now Parsha Batya. Meaning, when I'm saying about Moshe's wife saved him, that's one thing. That's his wife. I mean, that's her husband, and she converts and everything. But Batya, the Medrash, first of all, as we see it in the Torah, when they, she went down with her Narotea. She's the daughter of the king, the daughter of power, so obviously she's not traveling by herself. She has a whole office school with her. And they told her, what are you doing? Stop. It's against your father's plan. That's why the Torah says, but and she, by herself, she took her hand, arm, and she, she saved them. Why? Because... She's not supposed to do anything by herself. She's supposed she has all her helpers, and that's why she was traveling with them. But they were against it. They told her, "What? Are you, I mean, you actually you deserve. Are your father going to kill you?" She also put her life in danger to save Moshe. When we're thinking about it, Batias, she's the first one to open the door. It's like Hashem is giving us light in darkness. Light in darkness, we should know, I mean, uh, Ayid, I don't know, is in Auschwitz. In the middle of a brother, thinking this is, I mean, there is Pastor Emunim Ibn Adam, there is no more faith in people, there is no more good people, there is no more... In darkness, in Egypt, this is, as I mentioned before, this is the first exile, so this is the most difficult suffering and all, the, all what the Jews had to go through in Egypt. And here, the daughter of the king, she's behaving not like a, 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 like a mensch. She's saving a, a baby, she's saving... A, so, this story, it's not just, I mean, the, she saved Moshe. She's actually the first one. First one, what the Torah described, this is the parasha, and this is the, the foundation of light in, light in, uh, in darkness, in Galut. In the Galut, we see also how Hashem is with us. Uh, yes, it's Galut, meaning this time when we don't see the light. It's not the time of the Beit Hamikdash. It's not the time when, when holiness is uh, available uh, so uh, openly. But in the same time, Hashem is watching and giving us the opportunity to see light in darkness. What is Bakshi's reward for having saved Hashem? Did you ever get a reward? So I mentioned before, there is an explanation what she actually became, she convert. Really? Yeah. There is a... And Hashem named her Batya. The name in the, it's not appearing in the Torah. The Nilos, the Nile River that was really too much, uh, and it turned into uh, purity, like the mikvah, for Batya. And that's why Hashem blessed her to stretch the arm out to get um, uh, uh, Moshe from the water. Okay, but she did the, the first step. She did the first step, meaning she wanted to save him. She wanted, and once, once she wanted to do it, so that was the... Also, there's another midrash 
I don't know if this Fatia was really the birth child of Pharaoh because there's another Midrash where these girls were in the, they were very, this is a long time before the Egypt story, okay? And uh, they were both in the marketplace. Uh, anyway, these angels touched them and were trying to teach them the name of Hashem. It didn't work out for whatever reasons, and they get zapped up in time and space. And I'm not familiar with that. Egyptian story, it's a Midrash. Check it. Cool. So um, these two girls are in the, the shuk, in the marketplace, okay? And Yitro, Yitro is walking by, and he sees these two beautiful baby girls, and uh, they're sisters, and uh, no parents, nobody taking care of these kids. So Yitro takes these two girls. The one he kept for himself was Tzipura, and he gives Basya, or Batya, to Haroth, to Pharaoh. And uh, wow. that's another Midrash. Which means that you're saying that Moshe had his wife would be older than him. Well, that I don't know. <laughs> no, but that's something what obviously we know from many, many books. What he, I never heard about it. I don't know. Okay, I don't know. But uh, that part what Yitro, Yitro, he was in Egypt before he ran away to yeah, Midian. That's sure. obviously that the three advisors of Pharaoh uh, before he decided the evil plan of destroying Am Israel, his three advisors were Bilam, Eov, and uh, Yitro. This is the three, and the Medrash described Bilam told them to destroy, to kill. Eov saying quiet and Midian and uh, Yitro told them not to and that's why he understood he had to run away from uh, okay that's uh, that's in the Medrash and the sky going into the details the difference it, why there were these three so special each one of them in his uh, advisory why they were top did Yitro uh, Paro is uh, advisor did Yitro end up converting to Judaism? sure I mean, I know he went back to Midian instead of going so, there. Rashi said, why he went back to Midian? To convert his family. Okay. And you know what, when you're thinking about Yitro conversion, most of the time, most of the time, if I'm not mistaken, a person who is really converting, I mean, if it's becoming, if it's converting because of religious reason, mm -hmm. not for uh, marriages. So, I'm assuming this person, he was deep in religion before he, was, he found Yiddishkeit. Yeah. Usually, this kind of a person, a person, he was into religion, he was searching, and then he came to, this is the right place, okay. Yeah, yeah it seems but, that he was part way there. So, he obviously, Yisro yeah. said in the Torah, we're learning, meaning, now I know, when Moshe told them all, everything, because Yitro, as the mentors describe, and not only we see it in the Torah, he he was the most one of the top advisors of power. He obviously was not. A, he understood in every single avodah zara worship in the world, and he had such a. He was a very spiritual person, and that's why, in order to have matan Torah, it was supposed to be Yitro. What he understood in every single worship uh, idols in the world and he came and he admitted and he said Atayadati now I know this is the place so that okay this is Yitro and 
We're not talking about uh, Israel now, but something later on in the parasha, Moshe is already in Egypt, and obviously, as we learning and more deeper, and we can see it in the following week's portion. The major part of Moshe's uh, mission back to Egypt was not about Paroi. Paroi is just one part, but the most important was to convince Jews to leave. That was the most difficult part. Yeah? Right. And that's why Hashem gave him the power to speak to Am Israel. That was his main mission. And that's why maybe that's the reason why Yetzirah Mitzrayim took uh, seven months. If it was just about Paroi, and if Am Israel would be ready, he could tell him, okay, line up, and move forward. <laughs> and it uh, did not work like that, because Am Israel, they were not, re- they were not ready. The process of... So the most important part was to prepare Am Israel. Moshe Rabbeinu is coming to, Am Israel, to Egypt, huh? According to another midrash, only 20%. That's fit in into the exactly in One explanation, meaning arm. Other explanation, only fifth, Only fifth, 20% left. That's another explanation. But this explanation is very hard to explain because it's really hard to explain how in 210 years, from 70 people to 200 and to 600,000 men, meaning. But the idea is, yes, the idea is, it took a long process, the long process how to prepare Am Israel. That was the main goal. Okay, so our parasha, Moshe Rabbeinu is coming. All the excitement, he get all Am Israel together, he showed them the miracles. And as Hashem told them, you should go to Egypt and you have to speak to the elderly, the Zikne. Mm-hmm. So Moshe Rabbeinu is coming and... He gets together Am Israel, but he gets the leaders, the 70 older <coughs> And then he continues, goes to Paroi on his mission. But when he comes to Paroi, he does not mention anything about Shivim Skenim, about the 70 older. He mentioned only Moshe Be'achar, and after that Moshe and Aroin came to Paroi. What happened to everybody? What happened to the 70 leaders? And they weren't so excited. They all so excited when Moshe came. We are, they all took for front seat and everything. Yeah, they were excited. Yeah, but then they came to Paroi Palace. They did not make officially statement, but just quietly. Oh, I got a text message. I have to go back home. I have to go back to work. I got it. And, and something came up. And by the time Moshe and Aaron standing by the doors of the palace, no one is there. Only. Moshe and Aaron. Well, that's a lesson. Federation huh? only, only, <laughs> All the 70 people, they all came for the big event when Moshe was yeah. talking to Am Israel. But now the real job, after the meeting, now right. time to go to the palace. Quietly. Later on, in a couple of weeks, when we read about Matan Torah, right. Torah described very clear, the elderly came, and they claim. We were the leaders of Am Israel back in Egypt in the dark days. We're supposed to get now in the most important moments in our history, in the history of the world. Matan Torah, Har Sinai. They want to have front row seats. And Hashem told Moshe, no, 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 tell them, go back. Only you and Aaron. Why? Because they check it out. Because back in Egypt, 
So the Torah, the, I mean, when we read very careful the word, we see how Hashem was approaching to Moshe, go speak to the old. And he came to Egypt, he got together, everybody. When he goes to Pharaoh, suddenly it's only Rachel, and now only Moshe Nari. So sometimes the Torah does not tell us this openly, to, not to embarrass, but we have to be Dafalein uh, Forstein. You have to understand by yourself. You see the process, you see the progress, and you understand what happened. What? Aaron did. He did not go all the way like Moshe, but he had. Aaron did went to Anar Sinai. He had a special place. What? Huh? Yehoshua also had a special place at Sinai. Where was he? No, Yeshua had a place only. Yeshua, when Moshe went up for three days, Yeshua is there to wait for him because Yeshua, he was. Not a slave, it's not the right word. He was like totally devoted for Moshe. He, if Moshe is there, he's right next door. He's waiting, he's all the time available. He's not... Uh, he like the man... Uh, yeah. huh? he for the play. Like when, uh, when later on, when Hashem told Moshe to choose the next leader, Yeshua, so Rashi brings from the Medrash, Ochel... Shomer Priya Ochel the one what he was watching was next to you. Four years, he never gave up. He was not, oh, I am the brother or the son or the VIP. No, he was totally, all the time was there. He is the one to be now the, in the place of Moshe. So this is Yeshua. Yeshua never kept anything as a position. He was totally like... In Hebrew, the word, I don't know, bitul. Huh? Softness. There is no personal agenda. Totally devoted to whatever Moshe tells them to do. That was Yeshua. That's a different story. So Yeshua was not about even to get a special place. It was not about which city. Whatever Moshe is there. That's was Yeshua. So he was not about the, the idea of the 70 elderly, but this is something what we see now, Parsha, how uh, shifting from Hashem is telling Moshe, go back to Egypt, and the most important is actually to speak to the Jews, to explain, to convince, to prepare Am Israel and the leaders, the 70 leaders, the, the elderly, and a little bit later, further in our parasha, almost by the end, we see the... So this is uh, later on, we see in Matan Torah, that's what we get in the full uh, picture of what took place, what happened. I don't know how long usually you're learning, but... Uh, this huh? is fine. Huh? Yeah. So there is any, any questions? So who were guards that uh, Jewish guards that would be with in places of the soldiers? They, they, they were told, if the slave, but they wouldn't do it because it was a fellow Jew. And they became future leaders. That was not the No, 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 there's not a scanning. They're, they're, oh, this who were they? What's the date? Shotrim. The Shotrim in Egypt, they were the Shotrim. And later on, they became in the desert. Oh, the and they became they became the seven, they became the older the seventy 
leaders. They became, they became yes, yeah. Okay. Sh- but in Egypt, in Egypt, this is the group. They were not the the leaders. They were what's the Torah called the shatrim. These people were not the same seventy elders that went away. Yeah. Okay. What are shatrim? Yeah, like the shatrim. How do you define that? Officers? No, no, he's not saying shatrim. Shatrim or guards? No, shatrim or guards. The officers. The they that's claim not the same seven. no, not the okay. claim leaders in Egypt. Those were the okay. No. Uh, here's a question: uh, the the, the parsha opens up where the Jews are coming down to Egypt, and we all know the Jews are going to be in Egypt for two hundred ten years, four hundred years, whatever. And um, my question is: Why did the Jews have to be brought to Egypt? What are we being punished for? What, what was our? What's the big sin? I mean, two hundred and ten years or four hundred years yeah, of uh, being that. outside of the country and being enslaved and being uh, beaten. So, like, so, so you can see already. So hey, be here for you Bob, and have Bob. So this is exactly a beautiful explanation to give us a, a proper understanding. For the exile, it's not punishment. It's not. Because if exile would be punishment, why in Egypt? Exile it's not punishment. Exile was not the punishment, this is the service of a uh, to call uh, exile a punishment. The true meaning of exile it's actually to uh, to prepare either the prepare the Neshama for a higher like you can say an explan- a simple explanation in order to receive the Torah in Har Sinai, first we had to go through the preparation of uh, Egypt, Mitzrayim. <laughs> or it could be more deeper, as in, it brings down in the Zohar, what the idea of going out, going down to Egypt was to purify Egypt itself. Meaning, when Hashem created this world, in every Egypt in that time, this is the superpower. And every country, every place of the world, there is sparkness of holiness. Right. And Jews come into those places to purify, to clean, to find this uh, holiness, as we mentioned, for example, Batya, in Egypt, and to elevate those uh, uh, holiness in Egypt. So this is the ultimate goal of, uh, of uh, exile. Well, I, every week I read the... Uh harsh in English with the commentary. So one of the commentaries says that uh, as long as Yaakov's grandchildren were alive, the enslaved children. It, it actually says grandchildren. This is the reason for my confusion. If it said children, I wouldn't be confused. But it said as long as Yaakov's grandchildren were alive, the enslavement didn't begin. But it but it contradicts itself because it makes it clear that um, Yochaved is Yaakov's granddaughter, and clearly the enslavement did begin within her lifetime. So. Trying to figure out the First of all, you can say there is a few steps in the, in the dark days in Egypt. It was not 
the 210 years we can divide it the first 70 years while Yosef is still alive then you have another 30 years another uh, 30 years when Yosef passed away but his brothers are still alive yeah. and then already the basically the 110 years you have the most difficult and that's also you can divide it the first 30 years and the 80 years when Moshe was born so it was a few steps and by the way there is the famous, we know, Shevet Levi, the tribe of Levi did not walk those slaves. Yeah. There is another explanation what the tribe of Reuven, Shimon and Levi did not walk those slaves. That's why in, in our parasha, the, the Torah mentioned the names and the Yehusim of the tribe of Reuven, Shimon and Levi. So there is an explanation. And there is also an explanation what among other tribes was also. Many people, what, when, when Jews were living, I don't know, in, in Poland, what, in, in Prague in the 15th century, was no such a thing as a Jew, very rich. And he had even in his house, he has Jews working for him. I don't know, not slaves, but similar. So it was basically Jews in Egypt, but they were living there very comfortable. Such explanations. So it was not like necessary one day, but in general, that's the simple explanation. The Shibud Mitzrayim, Shibud Mitzrayim meaning exile, when Levi, the last brother, passed away. The children of Yaakov. The Shibud Mitzrayim, meaning we, with all the meaning of that, of not being in our own place or home, in our own land, and we are here for a reason, but we are in exile. So that's the beginning when Yaakov's children, children passed away. Shibud Mitzrayim. Later on, there is more and more steps. When did you and you can see away? in many aspects when you're thinking about it. Uh, I mentioned the tribe of Levi, as we all know, did not walk the slaves, yeah? When we're thinking about the numbers, yeah? The numbers, how many hidden were in inside? 70, 210 years later, you have... Millions. Millions. How in the world it's possible? It's impossible, only the only explanation, because... But every time, every, uh, every birth, a, a woman gave birth every time to six children. Six children. And uh, you have it in today, academic design, oh, there is all questions, how is it possible, and how... Uh, when we read in later on in the Torah, in Chumash Bamidbal, numbers, when Levi, the Levites, taking over the rights... Yeah, they counted people. ...of the, the, the rights of the firstborn. Right. How many firstborn there? How many? So, so the Levim are taking over. Must have been like now. Twenty-three thousand. That's it. That's it. Twenty-three thousand. There. Yeah? That's the numbers of the firstborn. Uh -huh. the, and the Levim. That's the twenty-two thousand seven hundred. Oh, the the three hundred difference. Yeah. Three. Uh, twenty-three thousand. When you have six hundred thousand men, meaning the women. Right. So you have children. So you have talking about two million people, and you have only. 23,000 firstborn? How in the world is it possible unless you're saying how many of each family? Six, six children. No, no, not six children. Six children. 30 children maybe, no? Huh? 30 children, otherwise it's impossible. He, theoretically you would say 600,000, yeah? Right. Firstborn, let's say every, every family, let's say even if every family 10 children, Ten children, so you have already uh, supposed to be one hundred and twenty 
thousand levim or one hundred and twenty thousand firstborn. So the only way how to explain these numbers is by because the only the last generation, the last generation meaning the last eighty years, right. that was the time when the most difficult days in Egypt, right. and that was the days when the most largest blessings of six children, and that's why the six children. It's all basically if you would take Yitzias Mitzrayim, fifty years earlier. Right. So instead of 600,000 men, it would be 60,000 men. Oh my God. would be completely different numbers. The la the only the last 50 years, the last generation, that was the big booming. The most difficult days was the last years, and that's why, I mean, that was... You understand what I... So Shia Bud Mitzrayim, the, the, the difficult as When Levi passed away, that's what... Levi passed away, the last brother, Shia Bud Mitzrayim. But in the shape of Mitzrayim itself, it was, def uh, it was steps, it was doubled. And that's why, by the way, what I just mentioned, I explain also why tribe of Levi, they are the smallest tribe compared to every other tribe. Right. Because Shebo Levi, they never had the blessing. They never walked as slaves, they never had the blessings of uh, six children. So, till the last 50 years, tribe of Levi, they are the biggest compared to any other tribe because they did not walk as slaves. But when once everybody got this blessing, they start to multiply, and ladies still continue the same. Same, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why suddenly Navy they are the smallest tribe. So that's I mean when you think about it, you can see how the numbers exactly. But this is in the middle, so it's not uh, okay.